President Trump says he fixed it. Then why is everyone so confused? Plus, First Lady's unannounced trip, what message is she sending to the country and the president? And lawmakers scramble to get something, anything, done on immigration. This is the State of America Tonight. And the 2,300 children who are now in limbo, no one knows what's going to happen right. to them. Think about the trauma of what's happening to these kids. Our first lady is down now at the border. Everyone wants families to stay together, but more importantly, or just as importantly, deal with our asylum law. We need to insist on better of our country and of our president. Very serious crisis. Been going on so long. This is in Trump administration. He created a crisis. He says he solved the crisis. He has not. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. What we are seeing a lot of today is action, but no real answers. With a stroke of a pen, President Trump declared he was putting an end to the practice that separated undocumented immigrant children from their parents at the border. Today, I signed an executive order. We're going to keep families together, but the border is going to be just as tough as it's been. He did take action, but then he said this today. That's only limited. No matter how you cut it, it leads to separation ultimately. So you fixed it or you didn't. You took action, but was it really the answer? We don't know, and it doesn't sound like the government does either. We have a situation where some of these places, they're really running them well. And I give a lot of credit to Secretary Nielsen and all of the people that have worked. It's, uh, it's the nicest that people have seen, but it's still something that shouldn't be taking place. And before taking any victory laps here, one recently retired Republican congressman kind of warns that you might want to hold off on the confetti for now. It's like giving the arsonist credit for putting out the fire he started. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad you put out the fire, but uh, you're, you're to blame for the fire to begin with. So let's not forget how we got here. Trump announces a zero tolerance policy at the border. That leads to children being separated from their parents at the border. That leads to those heartbreaking images of confused, distraught children caught in limbo. All the while, the Trump administration said, essentially, it's a problem, but they cannot fix it. Congress alone can fix it. Congress can fix this tomorrow. Because only Congress uh, can fix this issue. Fundamentally, we are enforcing the law. And we hope Congress will actually do their parts. He won't take executive action that's uh, uh, unconstitutional. Congress makes the laws in this country, not the president. What about executive action? Wait, 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 we can't do it through an executive order. But then, suddenly, that's exactly what he could do and did. The presidential about-face with the presidential pardon. We don't like to see families separated. At the same time, we don't want people coming into our country illegally. This takes care of the problem. Thank you very much. But nothing we read in the executive order, nothing that we've heard from the administration since, explains just how this takes care of the problem. What about the more than 2,300 children right now separated from their parents? And what about the 1997 judge's decision that restricts children from being held in detention for longer than 20 days? The question arises, what happens after 20 days? Does that mean they're going to separate the parents and children? Alternatively, 
Are they going to release the parents as well? In the executive order, there is a directive to the Department of Justice that says, try to get this Flores case, this Flores decision, changed somehow. One immigration attorney tells me that might be easier said than done. The core principle of the Flores settlement was the welfare of the child. So now if you have the government going back to that same judge and asking her to set it aside, the fact that there's a political crisis, the the fact that that maybe the government is not logistically ready to handle this, the fact that there's all this outside pressure, that really is not a balance to the, the best interest of the child in the legal sense. So bottom line, massive confusion still. And I'm not sure if this next one helps to clear up the confusion or only adds to it. First Lady Melania Trump making an unannounced visit to the border today to see one of the detention facilities housing young immigrant children in Texas. We all know they're having, they're here without their families. And uh, I want to thank you for your hard work, your compassion and your kindness you're giving them in these difficult times. Mrs. Trump, they're praising the care that the children are receiving at this shelter, but the First Lady had more to say. And I also like to ask you how I can help to these children to reunite with their families uh, as quickly as possible. To be clear, the majority of the children at the shelter, we are told, are unaccompanied minors arriving to the United States without a family member. That is different from the children who have been taken from their parents as a result of the Trump administration policy. Her trip, though, no small feat considering that she's the first Trump to make it on the ground to see what's happening morning, firsthand. My name's she wanted to see firsthand. Her spokeswoman told us that this was 100 percent her decision that she told the president, I'm heading to Texas, and he said he supports it. This was a decision she made two days ago uh, before the executive order was signed. So action, but still not so many answers here. And that's definitely true in the halls of Congress at the moment as well, where the House has rejected one immigration bill and delayed voting on another. Both include fixes to the separation crisis, if that's what we're calling it now. Two bills proposing the biggest changes in years to the immigration system, but it is not going to be easy. Despite widespread condemnation that pulling children away from their parents is inhumane, unjust and just plain horrible. Both of these measures are facing a similarly bleak outlook. Here's the Republican House Speaker. Our goal was to prevent a discharge petition from reaching the floor because a discharge petition would have brought legislation to the floor that the president would have surely vetoed. So the bills that are coming to the floor today are bills that if it got to his desk, he would sign into law. Therefore, it's a legitimate exercise. A legitimate exercise, but maybe literally just that, an exercise. Action with no real answer. And this is just for Republicans. Where are the Democrats on this? If this is such a crisis, why aren't they stepping up to compromise? We have a duty, yes, uh, to compromise. Uh, We have compromised. We have a bill that is uh, supported, as I said, by over 40 Republicans and all Democrats. That's a compromise. Uh, And it will pass the House. So we've done that to simply say, oh, well, the Speaker doesn't like it. The majority of the House likes it. It's like a twisted version of the chicken or the egg. What's better, voting on a bill that can pass, but the president won't sign into law, or voting on a bill that won't pass, but the president says he would sign into law? Lots of action, but all for what? 
2,300 kids still don't know when they're going to be reunited with their parents. With all this confusion, let's see if anything is getting cleared up in the millisecond that I haven't looked at my Twitter feed. CNN's Sarah Westward is at the White House with much more. Sarah, what is the White House saying now about all of this confusion? The White House is not clarifying how the administration plans to reunite the now thousands of children who have already been separated from their parents between President Trump signing the executive order yesterday and the implementation of the zero tolerance immigration policy in April. The executive order not doing anything to change the policy that started this crisis in the first place and setting the White House up for a potential legal battle due to restrictions on how children can be detained in immigration custody. Now, of course, as you mentioned, this all comes against the backdrop of a bitter fight among House Republicans over legislation that would address broader aspects of the immigration system, as well as the issue of family separation. A more conservative hardline bill already failed on the floor today. A compromise bill backed by the White House and leadership. A vote on that has been delayed until tomorrow, as there's still confusion about what's even in it and whether conservatives would get on board, Kate. Yeah, I thought I knew what was in it. And now I don't even know what's up or down anymore. Thanks, Sarah. I really appreciate it. They need extra 24 hours to do what? We'll debate it. Coming up for us, what happens if the House fails to pass anything on immigration? Paul Ryan, the Speaker, said, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Well, Speaker Ryan, we might be on the bridge right now. Two immigration bills up for votes in the House. You can call them, let's call them Plan A and Plan B. Plan A got quickly defeated. A vote on Plan B now delayed, making it more than likely than ever that Congress will be looking for a Plan C. And let's be honest, if it's Congress, it's like a Plan D, E, and F. Coming up with me tonight, Kevin Madden is here, CNN political commentator, former advisor to Mitt Romney, David Swordlick, CNN political commentator and assistant editor of The Washington Post, Corrine Jean-Pierre, senior advisor for MoveOn.org, and Steve Cortez is here, CNN political commentator and former uh, Trump campaign advisor. Guys, thanks so much for being here. Um, Kevin. What the heck is going on? <laughs> oh, what a very meta, meta question. Uh, look, um, I think the chaos you're seeing on Capitol Hill is just a reflection of the very uh, inconsistent working relationship that the, this president and the executive branch have with the legislative branch. Look, mm. in order to get even easy things done up on Capitol Hill, you have to have a certain level of coordination with uh, your allies. Uh, you have to be coordinated on tactics. You have to be coordinated on the substance. Uh, and um, that's on easy things. Immigration <laughs> is really, really, really hard. Uh, and you don't have a sense on Capitol Hill that the folks that are going to be taking a very tough vote in an election year uh, have a degree of confidence that the White House uh, knows what's in the bill or what they want to achieve and how it's going to uh, uh, you know, address some of the long-term objectives that they have. Um, and they don't want to take a tough vote and know that the president is either going to change his mind right before the vote or send the wrong signal to some of the base voters out there. And that is why I think we're seeing a lot of spinning wheels right now. Well, then, then David, answer the question. Answer my chicken and my twisted chicken and egg question that I'm posing today. What is better, voting on a partisan bill that, will pa- that is, never go- is not going to pass, but the president says he would, he would support and he would sign into law, or voting on a bill that would pass, but the president says... He would veto. 
Kate, I hate to give you sort of a, you know, neither here nor there answer, but it depends on which member of Congress you are, what party you're in, what your district thinks about immigration, and which House of Congress you're in, House mm -hmm. or Senate. It's just not that simple. Look, the polling from CNN, our SSRS earlier this week, tells the tale to me. 60%, 67%, two-thirds of Americans overall didn't like what was happening at the border with separating uh, families from children. But 58%, almost six in 10 Republicans, were okay with it in that poll. And Republican members know that, and they don't want to get crossways with their base, but at the same time, don't necessarily, didn't want to follow the president down the road of a policy that was seen by most people as cruel. And Democrats know that right now this is a mess in Republicans' basket, and they're not going to bail Republicans out unless Republicans make a legislative offer that they can seriously consider, which I don't think Democrats would say has happened up to this point. Steve, give me your prediction. Is Congress going to do anything on this? Right. Uh, no, you know, to, to quote uh, Trubber, I think it was uh, Clubber Lang, my prediction, pain, uh, unfortunately, legislatively, although it's not a funny issue, clearly, you know, lies really matter about this. But uh, I don't think anything's going to get done. Even if the House passes this bill that they want to pass, the so-called compromise bill tomorrow, there's no chance it's going to pass the Senate. Uh, it has funding for the wall, which means it needs 60 votes in the Senate. I can't see more than one or possibly two Democrats coming over to the Republican side on this. So I think it dies there. And uh, even if it gets past the House, and that's that's going to be tough. No way it gets past the Senate. Um, and let me say, too, though, you know, regarding the Republicans, as, as uh, frustrated as I've been as, as a Trump supporter, as a Republican with Republican leadership on the Hill, the Democrats have also shown no willingness at all, particularly on the Senate side, to compromise on immigration. And, and that makes me think that they really want an issue more than they want a solution. They would rather go into November with this unsolved so that they can fight about it, so they can show pictures of babies crying, rather than reach a common sense compromise solution for immigration. Crean, I'm hearing that from more and more Republicans. Paul Ryan said as much today. He said he was starting to think the Democrats uh, don't really want to do something. They want this as an issue. What do you say? I think there's two things here. Let's not forget who created the babies crying and them not being with their parents. We're talking about 2,300 kids, babies, infants, eight months old, 11th month old, you, you name it, all across the board. And uh, and some of, the, some of these kids, we don't even know where they are, especially the girls, and we just learned where the babies might be. Um, and so that crisis was created by Donald Trump and his administration, not the Democrats. We did not create that crisis. And Donald Trump created an inhumane and cruel situation and now we have to figure out how to fix it because we don't know. We don't know how these young kids are going to be reunified with their, with their, uh, with their parents. And we don't know if that, that will ever happen, unfortunately. And secondly, we tried. Democrats tried with DACA, another thing that the, the Donald Trump created on his own. And we worked with Republicans and we came up with at least two or three uh, 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 bipartisan bills. There was the Coons and the McCain bill. And um, and then there was another one that I can't remember right now, unfortunately. But the Donald Trump rejected those bills. He said, I want a bill of love. When I saw him today speaking at the White House, it looked really familiar. It looked like that time where he was talking about DACA and saying, I want a bill of love. I'll sign anything. Here's my pen. And when he was given a compromise, when he was given something, he rejected it. So there's no good faith anymore. We don't even yeah. know what the president wants. Let's not forget this compromise House bill. That was Donald Trump's bill. He was on the Hill just a couple days ago, you know, trying to get votes for that. And now he's saying, uh, well, if the Senate's not going to not to going to sign it, eh, maybe we shouldn't move forward with it. So what does he I mean, want? 
I, one, I don't think anyone can objectively say they have any idea what the president wants, because I, yeah. every speech I hear, it is he, he has had a different tactic, though the White Kate, House, I, though, says that they have Kate, been working actually, on the compromise bill. Go ahead, David. Final Kate, thought. I, I was just going to say, the, I know what the president wants. He wants what? to be tough and compassionate at the same time. He wants There's a to way be to Robin do it. Hood. There's a way he, to do no, it. No, he wants... He wants to be Robin Hood and the sheriff of Nottingham all well, in one. When you're talking about taking kids been, away from their parents, you can't do it. You have to pick this is, a side. I will tell He's you, this, is, this conversation we just had is why, and I am a product of Washington and covered Washington for so many years, and I'm recovering from living there. But this is why people pull their hair out. This is urgent. Everyone says it's inhumane, unjust, and horrible. And still... No one can. There is such a lack of trust between the left and the right on Capitol Hill. They can't even trust that they're going to get something done. I know that all of us would actually love to see them do it, but it takes leadership from somewhere. If it's not going to come from Donald Trump, if he can't give them clear signals on what he would sign or wouldn't, since he does not have a good track record of it, it needs to come from Paul Ryan. But Paul Ryan doesn't have the trust of his caucus to get it done. And Democrats, they don't trust anything. And they say, look, we're in the minority. You guys are in the majority. you got to control it and, and take the lead. See how difficult it is and how horrible it is, I say to the world, and then look down at my papers and say, let's keep covering it. Coming up, we're going to talk about someone else, though. Melania Trump. She makes an unannounced trip to the border. What did she see? What did she learn? What was her message? And to whom? The panel weighs in next. Our first lady is down now at the border because it really bothered her to be looking at this and to seeing it as it bothered me, as it bothered everybody at this table. Apparently, the separation of families at the border bothered First Lady Melania Trump so much that she was going to make today's unannounced visit to a detention center there, whether her husband signed an executive order or not. That's the word from her office. So what's the message she's now taking back to Washington? The panel is back with me. Uh, Kevin. Why do you think the first lady went down there and was the first Trump to head down? Well, look, I don't, I don't think we should discount just how big a role the optics played in elevating this true, issue true. to crisis level. Uh, and, you know, um, the, those images of, of people in cages and those images of children's cry, children crying, uh, you know, that had a lot, uh, had a very big impact on constituents who were then complaining, had a very big impact on members of Congress who then, you know, registered their um, disfavor with the White House. And ultimately, the president got a, you know, a cable news feedback uh, of all the coverage. Um, so the optics of uh, Melania Trump going down there, you know, at least they have a temporary reprieve right now. The next, you know, the enduring images for the next 24 hours will be Melania Trump and the White House showing some degree of empathy down there. Um, but the White House should take notice that it is only temporary. The facts on the ground, the realities on the ground are going to continue to really drive this issue, and it will still be a problem. And that is where they have to put a great deal of attention uh, if they're going to make sure that this isn't an enduring problem all the way until November uh, for the White House and Republicans. When it comes to heart issues, if you will, if I could paint it that way, Corrine, this is, a, this is an important role of a first lady, yeah, being, being the empathy, being the heart. Um, giving the hug where the president maybe doesn't or can't in certain situations. Is it different here? What do you what do you think this visit does? 
I think that's exactly right. It, it, it is. I mean, it was a PR stunt to soften uh, Donald Trump. I mean, this week was really horrible for him. Uh, this inhumane policy, this cruel policy, seeing kids in cage cages, hearing how they've been sent off to places unknown and not knowing where babies were and girls still not knowing where the girls are. Yeah, that was a problem, a huge problem. And it's a crisis. And so she was sent down there to to, to humanize him, if you will. And it was and it was a double it was a double hit because you also had him at the White House kind of holding court, you know, doing the same thing he did with DACA, showing saying that he he really wants to to help and trying to to humanize himself. And so that's what they were they're trying to take back the message or trying to control the message. But it's not going to last very long. I agree with Kevin, because you do have a groundswell of protest. You have protesters out there who are people are flying, getting on planes, going to the border, protesting, going to vigils. Folks are really angry. And we're seeing that just to move on. Our, everyone is kind of our members are really wanting to know how to help. And so it's not going to last. It'll last maybe for a 24 hour or less. And that's it. People will not forget. They'll continue to ask the questions. Steve, do you think the president um, do you think the president should make a visit? I do. And I, and I hope he will soon. I'm very glad that the first lady went. It's a gracious gesture from a very gracious woman. Uh, and by the way, he specifically mentioned her yesterday when he signed his executive order that she was impactful on that decision. Mm-hmm. So clearly she's an advisor he listens to very carefully. I'm glad she went. I think the president should go. I think the, the uh, optics here matter. Also, just the human element matters. Uh, none of us like the fact that children are separated from their parents. Where I would disagree from some of my panelists is I would say their parents did that to the children. Their parents mistreated their children by committing a crime and trespassing across our border. Donald Trump didn't do it. But nonetheless, the children are the victims, and we should show as much care and empathy for them as is possible. Whatever the message is, um, and with Melania, it seems that a lot of people try to read into a lot of things with Melania Trump, David, from the statement that she and her her office put out um, kind of on this issue earlier this week to how she stands next to the president. Everyone's always trying to read into Melania. Whatever the message is that she's taking, is it a message? Is it a message? Do you think she was sending a message to the president by going down? Would would that really happen? Kate, I think there's a few different audiences. I think the president is one audience. I think a little bit of this is her protecting her own brand. She wants to make it clear that she's humane. She has compassion, even with all this stuff swirling around her. But lastly, I think that the administration has missed opportunities over the last year and a half to utilize her and deploy her in these situations. Other than the plagiarism controversy at the 2016 RNC convention, uh, Mm -hmm. she's been on message. She's been a strong... uh, sort of uh, a spokesperson for the administration's agenda in the limited circumstances where she's been used, she is more on message than a lot of people who work in the White House full time. They would do well to use her more. People like the first lady. And you saw that yeah. today. Kevin, can you David, give me I think a that's check? a strong point. You know, in po- yeah. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. I I think that's a very strong point. And certainly in polling, she is by far the most popular Trump. Uh, Now, I don't think she loves the limelight. I don't think she loves public politics. But to the extent that she's willing to, I think you're exactly right. It would do the entire administration well uh, to have her out front as much as possible. Kevin, can you give me a quick gut check? I mean, this is something that started. it's, It's been going on a long time. It has been a crisis. Everyone has been covering every day this week. What it From your experience, what is going to give? What is your advice to a Republican right now? Boy, I I think this is a problem. I think if you're I think it's going to be remain a problem. And I think it will be an issue that will be um, a big part of how people view the contests 
uh, in, the, in congressional districts all around the country. Um, and I think one of the pieces of advice I would give to, um, to members of Congress, particularly Republicans, goes back to what David Swerdlick said, which is that, you know, you have to run your uh, own race in your own district and communicate the immigration issue through the lens of values, what your values are, and maybe how you differ from the president on how and some of the policies that are being adjudicated at the border. Um, because a lot of these swing districts where, um, you know, there are suburban areas where college educated women are going to really matter. Um, they're outraged by this and they do see immigration as a values issue. So they're going to have to speak to that. Let's see what today brings and tomorrow, because we're not going to stop covering it. That's for sure. Great to have you guys here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This is day 518 of President Trump's administration. It's also 138 days until the midterm elections. That's the State of America tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.